Welcome back, fine townsfolk, to another episode of Random Encounters. I am Nick. I'm Matt. And here we are to pull a random monster from a random monster manual. In front of me today, I have Pathfinder's Bestiary number four. And we are open to page 190. Matt, I, I'm, I'm hoping that with context clues, you can get this. It's a little bit of a stretch. I'm not sure I would get it with, with basically uh, based just on the description, but I'm, I'm hoping, I'm hoping we can, we can do one of those mind melds where you, you get this, where, you know, you, you understand what it is based on it. So let's start. This muscular creature has a human body but the head of a ravenous shark, complete with jet black eyes and razor-like teeth. That is the single line of flavor text that Pathfinder does, but there's, there's, sure. we'll jump a little further down to, to the description. In either humanoid or hybrid form, this creature is generally burly, has a mouthful of unusually large teeth, and typically has a personality that is both crude and bullying. They're bloodthirsty and are very easy to anger. They will jump into fights they have no stake in just to snap bones and draw blood. They prefer life at sea or in port settlements, commonly frequented by seagoing merchants and pirates. They can be found leading pirate gangs or lordering or loitering at seaside taverns, accompanied by crowds of toadies. Since they get into fights so often, they try to stick close to the sea so they can escape into the water if they bite off more than they can chew. The other member... But I'm chief. Yeah, oh yeah, I know, I know. It, it is... Every now and then you see one of these nuggets that's like, really? Who, who let that go? The other members of this creature's crew learn quickly that the boss is bound to skip out without much notice once a bigger fish comes along. Now, the, 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 the most important clue there is humanoid and hybrid form. So it's not like shark man or man shark or something along those lines. It's... It's not so cheesily blatant, but there is definitely a degree of of kind of like eye roll dad jokiness to it. It's think oh gosh. Think of a common creature that has a humanoid and hybrid form. C- common like a better known not common, but like a better known mythical creature that has, that can be all man or a hybrid form of a man and an animal. And there, there are many, there are multiple versions of these in, in Pathfinder and in D and D there are rats, there are bears, there are uh, tigers. I've seen a were shark. It is, (laughs) it is a were shark. (laughs) Come on. I mean, it's it looks exactly like I assumed it yeah. would, but where shark? Yeah, Come I on. know, I know. That's why it's at the end of the fourth bestiary. No, it's not. It's in the middle. It's it's the end of of the lycanthrope section. Of oh, the... <laughs> all right. Which actually before that is where bat, and okay, where crocodile. 
All right, now you're just going off the rails. Now she's, you may it's have just jumped Batman. the wear shark on that. It, oh, <laughs> oh, I want to just, I just want to end this episode now. We can't yeah. get any better than that. <laughs> okay, so this guy has the, the the two forms. He has the the hu- his human form, and he has his hybrid form. Okay, both both are CR three. So they're not too super crazy bad. Nope. AC 11. Uh, we'll, we'll start with the human. AC 11, 33 hit points. Your standard 30 feet movement. Although he's he's a he's a beefcake. He's got cleave, great cleave, power attack, toughness, and weapon focus trident. Which, if I remember correctly, makes him seriously nasty in battle. He's got reach. Yeah. He can hit multiple people every single time. And I believe the Trident has an improved critical, too. Oh, gosh. And power attack, like, ups your damage or your crit or something. Yeah, it's yeah. really... He's, for a level three, especially because a player character cannot have anywhere near those feats at level three. That's crazy. No, honestly, the only thing you can do is get in there and hit him early with an AC 11 and knock him out. Yeah. Right. Right. Maybe because you were saying, I think we talked a little while ago about reach and reach in pathfinder. Like if you're yep. in, if that trident has a 10 foot reach, then if you're in that five, like if you're even closer in, like he can't hit you with that trident. Is that right? Correct. That's how it works. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I believe so. He has a defensive ability, bravery plus one. Don't know what that is. He has, let's see. Oh, he's a masterwork trident, no less. My goodness. Wow. At level three. Yeah. His the organization, solitary, pair, or a shiver of were sharks, which is three to six. A shiver. It's in here as a shiver. Oh boy. <laughs> and then in his hybrid form, his uh the street shark form that we have here, he is <laughs> let's see, AC of seventeen, HP of thirty-six, so he only gets a, an additional three hit points. That's not so bad. Damage reduction ten silver. Oh, where? Where shark? Werewolf? I get it. Okay. Yep. yep. Uh, and which we also talked about in a different episode. He has damage reduction to everything but silver. But. That's what DR means in this. Yep. Yep. Oh, he has a bite attack that's a D8 plus two plus the cur- he passes on the curse of lycanthropy. Okay. That's cool. Yep. So he has that. He still has all of those feats. He has, let's see. Oh, he has changed shape. He can be human, hybrid, and shark. Okay. And it says polymorph after that, which I'm assuming basically you're just working under the polymorph, like self-polymorph or something. And he also has lycanthropic empathy, which relates to sharks and dire sharks. So I'm assuming it is just an ability to communicate and they're not aggressive to him. Yeah, I would think so. They feel like he's kin. Yeah, right, right. He's 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 a powerful alpha kind of thing. Yep. And that is that's really it for the were shark. There's it's it's a single page. It's that those little bits of of detail, mm-hmm. and then each of your your two your two stat blocks. 
Yeah. Pretty blank canvas. Yeah, not bad. You could really drop them anywhere. I would definitely... I definitely like the idea of even just as as background hangings, having him as like a patron in a bar or something if they're on the coast. Sure. Yeah. He would definitely fit in with that that early campaign crab man adventure we were talking about a couple weeks ago. Right. Right. They they have to hire him or or they hire him in his his brute form. It's just like beefy human form, and then mm-hmm. and then he changes into a rare shark or something. If that would be a really cool way to introduce lycanthropy to the party, they don't realize that it's a thing. I mean, they they know that it's a thing from pop culture, but they don't know it's a thing in this campaign. The, and then all of a sudden, it's a rare shark. Yeah, that it's an option in the in this world. Correct. Yeah. Yeah, I. The were shark look it kind of just looks a little silly, and I don't know if if there is a if I have a bias because I have street sharks in my mind whenever I look at this picture, but but I I like the idea of having multiple types of lycanthropy, you know, multiple multiple animals, yep. but. What is what is the biological explanation behind that? It is a it is a curse of lycanthropy. So so yep. is it the same curse that trickles down to multiple different types of animals, or is it a different curse depending? Like I don't. It's yeah. I'm baffled, and I'm I know I'm obviously thinking way too much into it, but but when you start throwing more animals into the mix and you you still acknowledge that it's a curse there i i just want i just want a little more explanation you know well that's it does it then does it then force you to come up with that explanation where maybe you're on an island and your first your first adventure or the first part of this campaign involves the crab men off the coast and this is just kind of a drop in the bucket so that you realize lycanthropy is a a thing mm-hmm. and it is a presence in this world and then it builds to maybe the curse giver or however you want to put it as the the main goal here oh. so you have where sharks you have where and you can build it up like you have where you have your where crocodiles your where bears your where manticores yeah. whatever oh where like where mythical beast that's cool yeah where yeah. dragon so, um exactly i think honestly i think you know every now and then they give you a template of like oh if you want to make your own here this is how you do it in like in the back of a monster manual i think yeah. in the back of a three five there is a lycanthropy or maybe it's it's even five e for that matter i think there is a lycanthropy template you know, you you pick like your beast it. type, and and kind of they they depending on what kind it is, it gets a specific set of traits here and there, and you kind of work your way up from that. Because yeah. because ultimately, you're really just basing your stats off of the the base player's stats. But if it's a were bear, you they get a boost to their strength and their con. If it's a were cat, they get a strength to their their decks and 
and wisdom or something, you know. So it's it's basically a template to drop onto your players. I really think it's three five now that I think about it. I might have to look that okay. up. It's that would be cool. Yeah, it's one of those like, oh, you want to play this? You take a, a a level penalty, but you get these cool things instead. Yeah. So Absolutely. Yeah. And I think that would be something if you really want to kind of dive deep into this and create that that wear campaign and really kind of explore the monster aspect. We've done a lot of undead stuff yeah. and, and and kind of tried to really wring as much out of that kind of campaign as possible. But this is another kind of monster campaign that you can do that doesn't involve zombies and ghouls yeah. and, and all that. Yeah, that's cool. That's really cool. That's a good point. And it's not it's not overly it's not overly mythical creature. It's not a goblinoid campaign. That's that's a really cool point that these are if you're really looking for something to to something that provides enough variety that you can really dot your campaign for for a long stretch like this is not a bad option and i think it leaves room for a lot of a lot of cool cool tweaks to really kind of fit them around whatever you want your story to be but i really do like the idea of trying to find the original the original curse bearer like patient zero for the curse or something i don't know exactly i think this also allows the opportunity if you have a party, maybe a party that's been together for a while and they've played a couple different campaigns and they're like, ah, you know, I don't want to, we don't necessarily want to do the, okay, wizard, wizard fighter, prototypical D&D classes yeah. and campaign. So can we do more of a, a street level, even, you know, kind of an investigative type campaign where we're not going to go out and just bang swords with with stuff yeah and you know we'll get in fights and things along those lines but maybe it's a little bit more of a of a specific kind of niche campaign mm -hmm. that and this would be a perfect way to do it because it has a lot more intrigue and it's a it's not it like you said it doesn't hold those goblinoid creatures and kind of the high fantasy type things yeah. that you're used to seeing yeah, and every one of these creatures can turn into a human. So exactly. so there there's more blend in that like you said, there's more there's there's more intrigue, there's more investigation, stuff like that. And it's not it's not so cut and dry. It's not, oh those are those are bugbears. I know I have to fight the bugbears. Precisely. Done. Yeah. You know? I mean you could do a eighteen hundreds London campaign mm. where Jack the Ripper is a were shark, a were shark, yeah. or a were something? Yeah. I I that, oh god, that's even cooler. I like that. I I just came up with the idea that of who the original curse bearer is, though. Okay. It is, it is a person. It is a were human. <laughs> How dare you! I. I I don't. I haven't thought past that. I haven't figured anything else out. I don't think you have to. But the idea of a were human is hilarious. So it's just a guy that gets cursed, that gets some curse, and then he bites a shark, and then the shark bites a human, and then the human is now a were shark. So whatever whatever <laughs> animal he this this were human bites. 
then bites a hu- another human and it spreads the and the may become that version of lycanthrope. <laughs> the yep. the scaffolding and the string the scaffolding you have to erect and the strings that you have to pull for make that to make that work smoothly and honestly to not just 100% disappoint your players at the end of like a a a, a a 10 level run of lycanthropes. Yeah. <laughs> but I think it's one of those so funny. You need corkboard walls and so much red string yep. to tie all these together. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Yeah, who who bit who when? But but this gnome was bit by a cat after the cat was bit by this guy. But this guy also bit this rat. Yeah, just just follow that trail. Like, why is this guy yep. biting people? Or no, why is this guy biting animals? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he's not even just biting people, yeah. which is inexcusable in its own right, right. But now he's just going out and biting sharks and not killing them. He's literally just taking a bite out of them. Yeah, and and so you're you're leaving just them. walking around looking for creatures with the cartoon bite taken the, out the of the cartoon them. chomp. Yeah. Yes. Yep. Yeah. This devolved in a hurry. I I love it. I mean, it is it is certainly if your if your players know ahead of time, if you kind of come to an agreement that it's going to be a relatively silly game, I think it's perfect. Oh sure. You know, I I think I think where human and a variety of lycanthropes aside, I think there there is enough material out there whether it's homebrew stuff or just kind of other silly creatures in the monster manuals, I think there's enough in there for you to really to flesh out a silly game and still make it substantial. You know, there can still be really powerful moments and there can still be a really strong through line of a story leading your characters from one step to the next and not make it just be like, okay, now you're going to fight flumps and now you're going to fight a, a, wear guinea pig and now you're going to fight a uh, I don't know what else is silly in D&D. Let me let me go yeah. a crab man, uh, you know? <laughs> the crab a man. Crab yeah. man. <laughs> yeah, and ooze in the shape of a jello mold. Like. Yeah, right. Yeah, you could Oh, it's like those it's like those magic cards that we were talking about not too long ago. Those those yeah. silly ones. What were those called? The unstable. Yeah. Yeah, yep. the 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 really just goofy ones. Yeah, it's really goofy, but they are very powerful. Right. And it they they are no less potent, I guess, than a regular magic card. And that's the thing with that you were talking about. Like this doesn't have to be a throwaway campaign. Yeah. Like you can still get as much out of it as you normally would in your quote unquote typical campaign. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, every good campaign has a, a really healthy dose of humor in it anyway, just because you're you know, you're a bunch of friends gathered around a table. Yeah. Inevitably, inevitably someone's going to crack a joke. And unless you're like a, a completely new party, everybody's new to the table in like a comic book store or something. And, yeah. and then I, in my opinion, that falls on the DM to keep it, to keep that really fine balance of, of, really engaging them and making them want to play and making them want to come back to the next game. Cause it's very easy to just not show up if you're not having a good time. 
Of course. But also, yeah. also keeping it light and, and keeping an air of levity there so that the players can get to know each other and, and really warm up to one another as well. It It is a very fine line for sure. I mean, it's, you want them to be comfortable, but you also want them to not be so comfortable that they're not paying attention or that right. they're not engaging in the actual activity itself. Yeah. To not the, you've, you've really lost your party when they realize there are no stakes. Exactly. That's, that's really the, the key there. And it's, I've been, I've been playing with roughly the same people for on and off for the last, gosh, I don't know, five, 10 years between immediate family and, and a couple of friends that I, it's been a very long time since I've played with a handful of strangers and I kind of take it for granted, I think. Sure. Because, because it's really, it is, it is a bold step to to be a player to say I really I I want to play so bad I will go in and play with these people whom I've never played with before whom and whom I've never met before but it's also yeah. it's but it's also again on that on the DM to to know it's not going to be like it's so easy to DM for for family and friends it really is yeah Com- compar- comparatively you know of course yeah i mean you've you know these people inside and out for the most part i mean you know we've we've known each other for over 30 years yeah. just because of biology right and i you and and our and brandon it's easy to dm for you guys it's not easy to dm for you know even friends that i've only had for a couple years yeah you're still I think at this point, our home game, what are we on? Five, five sessions, six, four or five. I think five. five. At this point, I think you, you're finally getting, and, and me as well. Cause this is the first time I've ever played with these guys. I think I'm all where you and I were getting an idea of, of how they are as players and how they what what they bring to the table, you know. Yep. So it's it it does take a couple of sessions. It also doesn't help that we're all adults and we only get to play like once a once a month if we're lucky, you know. Yeah. Yeah, and that's that's five sessions, but that's also like thirty hours. It's thirty hours, but it's also stretched out over like we started not five months ago. It was longer than that. You yeah, know? it was in like September. Yeah. I think we started. But that's but the fact that it's it's five sessions, but it's not like five hours, ten hours. It's not just like an hour oh, here yeah. or there online. Yeah, it is like a chunk of a Saturday, and we we're putting in some time. And I, but that's the thing is, that's what it's going to take is thirty, thirty five hours to really kind of get to know everybody, especially if you're like unfortunately like we are, you're almost starting from scratch every time you yeah, play I know. because it's rough we uh we have so much time off in between because of for whatever reason. Yeah. Yeah, so so a great way to to really introduce your your characters, your 
your theoretically new characters to your table to just what level of game to anticipate is to really set them up with either a, a really strong RP encounter right off the bat of exactly what you expect. So make it goofy, make it serious, you know, make it your, your standard high fantasy, the elves and the dwarves conferring over something or, or make it, make it kind of silly, make it a silly fight, like a, a bar fight with a, there's a, a were shark in one corner of the bar and a, a were seal in the other corner of the bar. And, and they get into a, a fight because the were seal claims the were shark ate his mom or something, you know? And or anywhere in between that spectrum, basically. Exactly. Yeah. Wherever you fall, that then you make that first encounter what you want it to be and really kind of give them the opportunity to to make that choice. Yeah. That okay, this is a game I wanna participate in, or this is and it's not only is this the DM that I want to work with, but how do these other players respond? Is mm. this a group of players that I want to play with right. for presumably the next few years even? Yeah. And just because just because you're you're really good friends with someone who brought you to the table doesn't mean you're really gonna jive with them as characters. People have very distinct play styles. You know? True. Very true. So would you would you allow a character to be a were shark? Would you allow for that? And it granted, it's hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, you would. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. Would you do? You want to be aware anything? I was, might I was just gonna say, what a, what a cool campaign to make all. Maybe, maybe no one has a real, a real class. They're just all human human lycanthropes, and they they each have a different animal that they turn into. Yeah. You know, it would, that would be a really cool single, single use anamorphs basically. Yeah. That would be a really cool, either just a one-off campaign that you, uh, you know, do you just kind of want to take a break from your normal campaign? So you just invite the the group over and you say, we're just going to do this today. And it's just, it's very easy, very kind of, kind of simple campaign to do. Mm -hmm. And it's something that can really kind of stick with them. Or this is your your comic book store, yeah. One that you roll out when you know that it's like you know free RPG day, right? And you're gonna have just a group that's you're never gonna really see again, yeah. And you can just build it around this and give them a really cool hook. Yeah, that's that's a cool idea, especially because if you're if you're not if you're not making them if the, if if they don't have classes, how are you gonna level? How are you, how do you build, like really build combat and puzzle and experiences on a, on a longer scale, you know, to, yeah. to keep it, to keep it engaging over, over the length of the campaign. If no one's really getting any new skills and no one's getting new powers, it's that, I, I think it can be done. I think with, with a really good, solid sit down and, and study of of have, having a good, solid story from the start and then really kind of breaking down what those, those characters will be, what they are, what they can and will be. But it's it's a lot of homework. It's, it would be a really heavy burden on 
on the DM. That's not to say don't do it, because I think the idea is really cool. Yeah, absolutely. That being said, we've said this almost every podcast, but rule of cool, if you say, I want to be a werebat rogue, yeah. then prove to me you want to be a werebat rogue and you can be one. You yeah. can be Batman. Be yeah. my guest. I would, especially if no one else wants to be lycanthropic, I would certainly look up to see how to balance it because that seems very powerful. You oh, know? sure. Yeah, you would You would take things out in, in place of mm. certain powers and whatnot. But yeah, you, like you said, it's a lot of work on, on the DM side. But if you're, if the player wants to do it that badly, they're obviously going to do a lot of the work yeah. themselves. Yeah. See if you can find that template wherever it is. I think I'm pretty sure it's in the back of a three, five manual and just go, yeah, go off I'm of that. Sure. You know, if you want to play this as a character, this is how you do it. Yeah. There's three, five was really good about that. And they even had, they even came, because they came out with hundreds of manuals. They even came out with a couple of different like monstrous race manuals yep. uh, like just a couple hundred pages of of just how to play a monstrous race and and it had all of the level changes and things like that so so that there those resources are out there even if you're not playing in three five obviously you know look at it use that as a template for your template you know try the the numbers have not changed that much yeah. You know, just identify yeah, exactly. what you're looking at and, and, and tweak accordingly. And that's, I think that's definitely something, if you don't have a cut and dry, this is how you do it in 5e, that's something to sit down with the DM to, to talk about, say, and, and maybe there's a little bargain back and forth, say, I would like this ability. And then the, the DM would say, okay, but I'm going to have to nerf your, your charisma or something. Exactly. Yeah. Your AC goes down. Yeah. I like that. So how many, how many street sharks, Matt, how many street sharks, one through 10, would you give this, the wear shark? Now, now before we get into it, <laughs> yeah, we did, we, we hit something of a, of a hook idea, nothing super, super solid, but I think that my estimate, have, wait, do you have it in mind? Do you know your number? I do. I'm guessing it's above five. Yes. But it's not above seven. No. Okay. It is not above seven. Is it a seven? It's a seven. Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. We're getting there. We're getting there. Now now comes the mind melt. Exactly. Se but but seven, see, I think seven is too is higher than I would have expected you to give it. Still, <laughs> I, I can understand why you would think that, but I think the hook thing does it. I think the fact that if you can play the race as well or play the, the type of, of creature that boosts it mm -hmm. and the, the multi-use ability of, of something like this, maybe I'm giving it a little too much credit cause I'm almost attributing it to the whole lycanthropic family. Uh -huh. But it's... I I really like the idea of you can start your campaign with this, you can end your campaign with something mm -hmm. like this, and you can 
it could be a PC, it could be an NPC, it could it could be all over your campaign, yeah. and I think that makes it very useful and very important to to utilize in your when you're building something. Yeah, I think I think it's it's okay to 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 give it a little bit of a a, a boost just by virtue of of being lycanthropic. I think the Venn diagram of of Were Shark and and lycanthrope in general is enough to give it a a bonus because this is the first time out of 30 no out of 45 episodes this is the first time that we've seen anything lycanthropic at all. So it's 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 introduced us to the idea of of having them in a game and I think that's enough. Absolutely. And the idea that there's more out there than your typical werewolf or, or even were rat. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. And, and final thought, the idea uh, that you threw back through in early on was that it, it doesn't, this is a great replacement for, for a dragon campaign or an undead or, or whatever. Yep. And for some reason, this does feel much easier to drop into like a low grade fantasy, like alternate history, like Victorian era, like you said with Jack the Ripper or something, you know, that just throwing this in there, just the idea of lycanthropy is it's, it, it opens a lot and it feels like it, you can keep it more, more down to earth as silly as that sounds. You can keep it more down to earth as opposed to doing Victorian England with, with dragons or goblins or whatever. Exactly. You know, they, your players won't thumb their nose at the idea of a werewolf in King Arthur's court, right. but maybe they will a bugbear. Yeah. Which if, if you if you like the idea, you, Matt, and listeners as well, if you like the idea of fantasy creatures in Victorian England, I highly recommend Carnival Row on Amazon. So some of the choices were were very questionable, but for the most part, the writing was was really actually pretty good. Yeah, okay. it was it was pretty decent. Orlando Bloom, not terrible, not terrible. <laughs> so so yeah, it's what you can hope. for. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's all we can hope for from Orlando Bloom. <laughs> yeah, long ago, Orlando Bloom jumped the wear. Oh man, he, uh, did he ever? I'm I'm not sure he was ever on the 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 starting side of the shark so that is oh i should have done i should have done shark shark ramps i'm happy with street sharks but shark ramps is a a close second so that is seven street sharks for the were shark let us know how you would work lycanthropy into your campaign or how you would give us ideas on how you would would run character progression if your players just played a straight lycanthrope as opposed to having a class as well, I, I would love to and hear other ideas. cool where creature or where yeah anywhere creature that you're th- you're thinking of, you know where a where centipede where be my where guest. armadillo oh would you do where armadillo would would you do insects I guess you could do insects right I I guess you but it would be could. like a big you wouldn't have them like shrink down or anything right no I wouldn't it would be a human sized dung beetle yeah <laughs> of of all of yeah. all the animals i was thinking praying mantis that'd be pretty cool but and yeah you can you can be a dung beetle but you have to walk backwards 
with a ball of crap. Yeah, a, a round ball. You could use a dummy ball. Yeah, it doesn't have to be poop. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, if, eventually it'll be coated in it anyway yeah. if you're in Victorian England. But if you do want to lay your eggs in it, it does have to be poop, for the record. Well, of course. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. Come on back, back come on back next week for another random monster from a random monster manual. Random Encounters is a proud member of the Feckless Momes Audio Network.